So for the next few weeks, it'll be pretty simple this morning. I'm going to talk to you about keys to the kingdom. Keys to the kingdom. There are keys to the kingdom. And, and we began this last week. You see, religion, it, religion is a lot different from the kingdom. Religion has members. A kingdom has citizens. I'm in the kingdom now. I'm a kingdom now man. I'm not waiting for any futuristic events to happen. And it may happen, but I'm in the, his kingdom now. The king lives in my heart Amen. right now. Amen. I'm in his kingdom. And, and you may say, well, that, you know, that's kind of crazy. Well, you haven't been in church in a while. You should have showed up last week. So <laughs> keys to the kingdom. So we talked about last week. We're not going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about next week, but dealing with keys. Keys were designed to do two things, lock something up or unlock something. To lock something up to keep you from doing dumb stuff or to unlock something in your life to keep you to do beneficial things. And there's two things involved. Number one, we found this out. Number one is this, quit locking yourself up. Quit doing dumb things. Show up next week, we'll talk about this. And number two, don't forget where you put your keys. I'm, I'm probably the only guy in here that every morning I go through the ritual of looking for my keys, wallet, billfold, glasses, mind, sanity. You know, I go through the list. The keys refer to the principles of God. The word of God are keys to unlock any lock that our enemy would want to put on us, whether it be guilt, shame, unforgiveness, fear, whatever it may be. Your enemy enjoys locking you up. But Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys to unlock every lock to set you free. Once you learn that, you'll never, as we found out last week, once you know truth, no one will ever be able to lock you up again. Why is that? Because the keys of the word of God are the, are the truth of God's word. So there's nothing you can come to me and say, well, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, let's have it. Let's hear it. And, and, and you say, I'm a cat lover, not a dog lover. Well, that's right up there with blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But besides that, but there's a key for that. So this is, this, is, this is the importance of having a pocket full of keys. Carry around a pocket full of keys. So this morning, I, I want to talk to you about something that we, we started last week. I didn't get to finish, and some of you know this. But, but <laughs> knowing the word of God is what we refer to as wisdom. Wisdom. The wisdom of God. And it's so important. Matter of fact, it talks about that the wisdom of God, you bind it around your neck. And, but, but the word wisdom in the Hebrew is a, is a Hebrew word called kokmah. Kokmah. And it's a funny word, but some of you know this. And kokmah, by definition, means to pound. But the, but the long meaning of it is to, it means to drive a stake into the ground. That's what it means. The reason why you're here this morning is because your enemy has done his very best this week and last month to lock you up. And we went through a long process last week. It's kind of hard to worship God if you're locked up. Remember, Peter was unlocked in prison before God had put him out on the street. Because here's the deal. If you're shackled up at, at, at the Calvary Christian Fellowship, you're going to be shackled up in the First Baptist Church. If you're shackled up here, you're going to be shackled up in the street. So it's, it's time that he set Peter free in the jail. And then when he was free in the jail on the inside, when he got out, he was free. I want you to be free on the inside. Locations will never set you free. Amen. Never. 
You say, oh, if I could just go on vacation, I'll be happy. No, you won't. You'll make everybody on that continent miserable with you. But if you're free, you're free no matter where you go. If you're happy on the inside, you're happy no matter what the circumstance. So I'm trying to get you free. Free, 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 free. So here's, it's an agricultural term. You know this, some of you know this. You're going to plant, we're going to plant something here. Well, what we've got to have is some dirt. Turn to somebody and say, boy, we got dirt on you. So now we got dirt and we're going to plant a plant. Man, I hate that when it happens. Don't tell Gayla that I got this out of her. It's not working. This is us without the word of God. It's we're we're just kind of like over the place. So the word, so the word kokma means to drive a stick into the ground. Now, some of you old timers know exactly what this is in your garden. And the reason why we do this, Solomon said, get a zip tie. It's a Hebrew word for zip tie. <laughs> then you stick the plant in the ground. And then Solomon says, you zip tie it to the stake. Oh, this is great. The stake is the word of God. Because what happens is now then the stake will cause you to grow in the direction of the stick. Because without this thing, you would grow on the ground and men will trample you. Two types of vines, climbers and creepers, squash and wallamere and cucumbers. They all are on the ground where people, things can step on it, but when it said of Joseph, you are a fruitful bow or a climbing bow. And even though you climb over every wall, and as you climb over obstacles, you bear fruit. Kokma means to pound a stake into the ground. Wisdom is pounded into your life that you, that's pretty good, there, that you would grow in the direction of God. Simple. It's simple. It's so Simply profound is profoundly simple. The word of God, my responsibility in your life is to pound. Now the word pound, it means according to the hardness of the ground. And some of you really got some hard heads, but God's got bigger hammers than you got hardness. But make no mistake about it, on your own and by yourself, without the word of God in your life, you would grow crooked and you would grow in every way. But the word of God Kokma means to put a stick in the ground and we tie you up with the love of God. And now then this thing, hopefully by miracle grow, this plastic plant will grow in the direction of the stake. I want you to grow in the direction of your father. Period. Amen. Not religion, not denomination, not first Baptist, second Baptist, Pentecost, holiness. who cares about any of that stuff? I want you to grow in the direction of the words of our Father. Yes. See? And how do you do that? 
somebody places a stick of the word of God beside you and wraps you up and loves you and you begin to grow towards the father. That's wisdom. That's all wisdom means is that somebody has attached the word of God to your life. And now then, instead of growing everywhere and anywhere, you're growing in the direction of the father. So there are keys this morning. There's about four or five of them, and we're going to deal with one today that are important to me. Keys to kingdom that'll help you unlock something. And how do we do it? Through the word of God. Through the word of God. We only have two sources of education in our life, mentors and mistakes. <laughs> and most of y'all, especially on the second row, all of y'all have chosen the last one for so long. And I encourage you to take advice from the first one. Find you a mentor that'll help you grow in the direction of God. It's just that simple. So this morning we're going to talk about keep your books balanced. A key. Very simple. One of the greatest keys in scripture is keeping a, your books balanced in your heart. It means this, learning to get out of debt. Learning to get out of debt. Now, it doesn't sound very spiritual to you, and I understand, but I want you to know that, that there are some principles in God's Word. So if we are going to learn how to get out of debt, and, I don't, and I'm not just talking about money. We'll talk about that. But the Word of God is the only answer that will apply to our lives. So he's teaching us. You know, our country's in debt. I don't know if you know that. We're in bad shape. But our, we're in debt. And, and so I'm gonna, one, of the, one of the greatest keys I'll teach you this morning is how to balance your books. How to get out of debt. Romans chapter 13, verse 7 and 8. This is the NIV Bible. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. Thank you for shouting me down with hallelujahs on that. If revenue, then revenue. It means if somebody works for you, pay them. If respect, then respect. And if honor, then honor. And then verse 8 says, and let no debt remain outstanding. Now, for you this morning that are visiting, you think, well, boy, I, I come to hear something spiritual. You are. Amen. And it may not give you goosebumps, but it is the word of God being driven beside your life. And I'm trying to help you grow in a, in, in a manner that's not only glorifying God, but it, it will influence and it will shock people around you. Amen. God's word is the only way that to, to we, we've got to live by. Okay. Debt can become a form of physical and mental bondage in your life. Debt can become a form of physical and mental bondage. And I don't know about you, but if, if you're in debt up to your earballs, it's not fun. You cringe when the phone rings. You don't want to open the mail. Really? Been there, done that. Debt. He said, if, if you owe anything, pay it. Debt has a way of suffocating life from you. Yes. Worry is a German word called virgin. It means to strangulate slowly. Doesn't mean to cut your head off. It means to strangulate you slowly, to asphyxiate you little at, at a time. So Peter is, excuse me, the Apostle Paul is telling these individuals in this church that God wants you to get out of debt. God wants you to live a life that you do not owe anybody anything. If you owe them, pay it. Whether it be taxes, whether it be... We as Christians, we have been commanded to pay our tithes, 
pay our taxes and pay for goods and services in our community. Period. Period. There's no option to that. Somebody said, well, I don't have to pay tithes. And this message is not about tithes either because I talk about tithes once every eight years and today's not that day. But it, it's, it's, it's crazy to think you can go to Burger King and just walk out or leave a tip. You're, you're not paying for the food. You're tipping the waitress. We've been commanded to take care of the needs of the church. We've been commanded to pay taxes. We have been commanded to, if we buy any goods or services, that we make sure that we go to the cash register and pay for them instead of sticking them under our shirt or down our britches leg and walking out the door. Really? And, and you know this. What the Apostle Paul is telling us that it's kind of funny that it's called Brown's. It's, it's, it's a story that was written by a historian named Brown. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a humor short story, but he said that there was a, a, a nobleman there in Rome during the reign of Augustus Caesar, and he was very uh, uh, influential in Rome at the council, and, and he was financially in debt, horribly. And he, and he hid it well among his colleagues. No one knew it, but he was... He was so in debt that he couldn't pay it even in his whole lifetime. And he would borrow here and borrow there. And so Brown tells his story, this historian. And he said, when the man died, that when Caesar Augusta found out about it, he commanded an order for them when they sold his man's estate to put back into the treasury of Rome. Caesar said, I want his pillow. And they thought that was kind of weird. And the Caesar said, because if any man can sleep on a pillow, and sleep all night with all the financial worries that he had, there must be something magical in that pillow. <laughs> so this morning, the Bible tells us to render all their due. Pay your debts. NIV, that New King James says, render or pay all of their due. Whatever you owe, you need to pay it. Here at Calvary Christian Fellowship, we will pay our bills. We will pay our bills. We've been here 35 years and I've only taken up two special offerings and all of them were cancer. That's it. I can't force anything out of you, but I will tell you one thing, that we will pay our bills because I'll tell you what, if the community will see that they can trust us with the visible maybe they'll trust us with the invisible. And if we charge up things at the florist shop or we charge up things like Gala does at Whataburger and we just, we just charge up things that we don't pay it, you know what? No matter what we say from this pulpit, we've lost our Christian witness because we did not pay our bill. Our electric bill, you don't want to know, 2000 a month. Our insurance bill, it's all set, $1,500 a month, and we've never even claimed one claim in 35 years. You don't want to know what the water, gas, and serious, it, it'll, make you, it'll make you start sweating. You don't want to know. And if you knew everything that comes with all this, you would say, how in the world, Mr. Ham, do you sleep good tonight? Because it all belongs to God. And I tell God, I can't do this, so it's your building, it's your people, you're going to have to provide for it. And I sleep good at night. I don't worry about it. What good does it do to worry? If I thought worry would help, I'd do it, but I don't. So we just trust God. 
And we trust God every day. So what happens is that we have been commanded to take care of this church, our bills that we, we accumulate, whether it be whatever it may be, because we want this community to know that we are biblically following the commandments of the Bible. We must pay what we owe to this community. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. So these verses that I just read you, they're not just about financial bookkeeping. These two verses are instructions on maintaining a balance of natural and spiritual in your life. Number two, it's about you enjoying healthy and happy relationships with other people. And number three, these scriptures is dealing with living with integrity and honesty, even when no one else is watching. I'm not talking about money today so you can loosen up. I'm talking about maybe there's something hidden within you that you owe a debt that you haven't paid yet. Maybe there's an outstanding debt in your life that is keeping you from enjoying the relationship with other people. Maybe there's an unpaid debt in your life that is keeping you from having balance physically, mentally, and spiritually. Maybe there is an unpaid debt in your life that is keeping you from living in, 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 in honesty and having integrity, especially when no one else is watching. Debt will do this to you. Being in debt will make you do crazy things. So this morning, I'm going to teach you biblical principles that the Word of God instructs us to help us. And I'm going to refer to this this morning. It's called, there's five of them, Paul's Debt Reduction Plan. <laughs> Number one, if you owe a phone call, you need to make it. If you owe a phone call, you need to make it. Maybe God is at work right now in your heart. Maybe God has laid upon your heart and your mind someone that, that you haven't talked to in a while that maybe at this very moment they may be in need and they may be hurting. Not right now. <laughs> but as you begin to go home, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And maybe you owe a phone call. Make it. Number two, if you owe an explanation, maybe you should offer one. If someone is concerned or wondering why you did something that was questionable, a little harsh, a little abrupt, maybe they need to hear your motives behind it. These guys that helped me work on this house, they'll tell you, I'll tell you straight up, everybody deserves an answer. I'll tell them. When we're working on my house and doing things, I'll always tell Mark and I'll tell her, this is, this is why we're doing this. I don't just say, go do that. Everybody deserves an answer. 
the people of God, we should be skilled in communication. And if somebody that saw you do something or, or, or react some way that was a little bit more in question or they're concerned about what's going on, maybe you should explain your motives of why you said or did that. Not that it's bad, but maybe they need to know. Maybe they don't know the full history of what's going on. So what happens is that if, if you owe an explanation, then it's okay to give it. It's okay to tell people what you're going through. It's okay to tell people I'm not really backslidden. Well, I might be, but I'm not backslidden today. Maybe this is what's going on. There's been problems at home. There's problems at work. I lost my job. And that's why I've just been a little bit down. It's okay to explain. It's okay. And you should. You owe it to them. Because if you don't, then they'll think that you're mad at them. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I seem a little harsh or abrupt sometimes, I'm not mad at you. Most of you. Some of you. <laughs> maybe, maybe we've just had a very difficult situation and, and so I owe you the explanation of, of what's going on in my life. I don't need sympathy or pity but you deserve an explanation of what's going on. Number three, take a deep breath. If you owe an apology, you should make it. Some of you, some of us, we have said things and done things that was very hurtful to the people we love the most. And it's time that we make things right Amen. as Christians. I said, it's time we as Christians make things right and reconcile. God chooses reconciliation over isolation every day. We all say things and do things that we would like to retract it, but we can't. But I will tell you that if you find yourself in a funk, if you find yourself in a mess, I will tell you, maybe you have said or done something that was wrong, in a wrong way, and you've carried that thing around for 15 years, I want to give you a billboard this morning. Apologize. Make it right. That's God's way. You see, forgiveness never comes about by the one who got offended. Excuse me. Forgiveness always comes about by the one who was offended, not by the one who offended someone. God first loved us. God never did anything to us, but yet he forgave us before we ever repented. And if there have been some harsh words or some harsh actions going on in people's life, then here's the deal. Forgive them. Now, whether they want to meet you halfway, it doesn't matter. But if you don't, you're the guy that's carrying that around and you're the guy behind bars while they're out having a good time. Don't carry that around any longer. Forgive them. Number four, if you owe gratitude, give it. Sometimes it's, 
maybe it's time to express your feelings and thankfulness of someone that has made a positive influence in your life. If you owe gratitude, thank them. It's like the turtle on the fence bowls. There's a turtle sitting on top of fence bowls and you walk by and said, hey, how'd you get up here? And he said, I climbed. Well, you know, he lied. Somebody helped him. One of the greatest things you can do is show affection and appreciation to someone that has helped you along your way. I found this to be true in, in tipping. I'm a great tipper. My wife will tell you, I'm a great tipper. I like to tip. I like to give money away. I do. And somebody said, well, I'll be here right after church. Okay. <laughs> But I found out, especially on a ship, but she'll tell you, no matter where we go, I'm a great tipper. I'll tip. I'll tip. Because I want to shock them. Because I've heard too many war stories of people that worked in restaurants, of people getting out of church, a table of 20, and they leave $3. That's not a very good witness. So we'll go somewhere, we'll get a simple meal, whatever. Of course, Gail will have to have triple cheeseburgers and banana splits while I get a salad. I understand. <laughs> But I'll tip them. I'll tip them. Ten, twenty dollars. It don't matter. I'll tip them. Because I appreciate what they're doing. And especially on the true ship, we go a lot. You know what I'll do? Not only do I tip them, but now I know that someone will say, well, the, the tips are included. Well, I know that, knucklehead. I'm not dumb. I've been on 41 of them. I understand that. But you know, it, it, it makes a huge difference that these people that wait on you, if you'll say, here, I appreciate you cleaning my room. I appreciate you serving me dinner with, with a smile. And not only that, I figured out this, that if you'll tip them before they bring it to you, it's a lot better. <laughs> oh, baby. Because, because they're used to people not tipping them. Are you with me? So they're, they're, they're happy. They're paid to be happy. But if they get a tip at the end of the thing, they go, oh, man, I should have waited on that guy a little bit better. So what I do is I'll tip them. I'll lay the money right there. And I'll say, that's for you right there. <laughs> and I will tell you, they'll bring me gallons of iced tea. They'll bring me a whole side of beef if I want it. <laughs> Why wait till we pass in front of a coffin? Why wait till someone gets stage four cancer to say, you know what? Through the years, you've been a great friend. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for always being positive. Thank you for smiling even though you wasn't positive. And you know what you're doing? You're just showing gratitude that it's not about you and how you're feeling. It's about I'm appreciating the people that God has put in my life to help me catapult over any obstacle and lift me up beyond any floodwaters that I may be facing today. Amen. Thank you. I'm telling you, thank you. And for all the people who are not here, thank you. I'm very appreciative of what you have done for me and my family for the last 35 years. Thank you. And not only that, that I, I want to I tip you. I, I want to I I give to you even before you even give it to me. You know the old church, well, I'm not shaking hands until they shake my hand. It's kind of hard to shake hands with your hands in your pocket, you know. I want to hug on you and love on you before I, you have the opportunity to 
Stretch your hand out. Matter of fact, Gala told me this today, but this is found in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 in the Message Bible. The Bible says that if any man will give lavishly, lavishly, then God will give unto him lavishly. A stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I don't do this so I'll get something in return. I do this because I'm truly thankful for your life. If God never, ever returns anything to me, he's already given me more than I deserve. He's given me a wonderful family. He's given me a beautiful wife. He's given me some pretty good boys. Give me some great grandkids. I'll tell you that right now. Some great church members, kind of, you know. God's blessed me. And I haven't forgot it. And wherever I may be today and wherever this church may be today, it's only because of the generosity of you. Because I've been here during the week when no one is here and it's not the same. So, if you owe gratitude, you need to show it. You're commanded to show it. You're commanded to apologize. It's not, it's not just something good to do. You're commanded in scriptures to do these things. And the last but not least, if you'll attention and affection, then you should definitely today show it. If you claim that someone is valuable, important to you, then it's time that you put those words to actions. Because here's the deal. The more debt that you can settle in your life, the more at rest you will become. So let me get this right. God has laid someone on your heart to call and you hadn't done it. And you kind of got that buttermilk backwash taste in your mouth. It's a debt. You should have, you should have, you should have paid it. You should you owed it. Call them. Call them. If you owe an apology, you're commanded to make it. If you owe an explanation, Jesus did it all the time, talking to his disciples. He explained to them wheat and tares. He explained to them the kingdom of heaven. He said, my father is like a man that had servants. And my father is like the farmer that had this. He explained everything to these men. He didn't just get up and say, turn or burn. He explained his motive. He said, my father's the gardener and I'm the vine and you're the branches and you're going to bear fruit, display fruit. What did he do? He explained his motive and his message. If you owe gratitude, give it. As we said at the beginning of the service, for everyone you serve in the military, thank you. But if you, if you owe affection and if you owe attention to someone that you say that you love, it's high time you show it. My wife read something, which is Gayla, but I call her my wife, but she read something on Facebook. Somebody put it, she goes, isn't it amazing? You can go to McDonald's a thousand times. They'll get your order wrong, but you still keep going back. And one time you go to church, get your feelings hurt, and you quit. 
Here's a news flash. There is no perfect church. If there is, stay out of it because you'll run it. There's no perfect pastor. There's no perfect people. There's only one that's perfect. But there is one debt that we are never to settle. We've been commanded to pay debts. We have been commanded in scripture to pay our debts. But there's one we're commanded never to settle. And it's in our text. And here it is. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. Owe nothing to anyone except never get to the place where you watch this. Brother Ron Bryan, I never want to get to the place where I feel like that I don't owe you an obligation to love you as Christ loved you. I never want to pay into you so much that I feel like I've paid you enough. I've showed you enough. I've given you enough. I never want to get to the place biblically where I feel like, well, I have sowed into him for 25 years and I'm done. The Bible says, oh, no man, anything except the obligation and the duty. It's an ongoing and a lifestyle to love one another. Look at someone beside you and tell them, I know I've loved you, but I'm not through loving you. I've been nice to you, but you know what? I'm not through being nice to you. And it's not because you're easy to get along with either. And it's not that your sister sunshine and, and, and brother, everything's wonderful. It's the fact that I have been commanded to love you. And I'm going to keep loving you. And I'm going to keep making a phone call. And it may be from Cozumel, Mexico on a ship, but I'm going to keep calling you. <laughs> and if I hurt your feelings, I'm going to apologize. I'm sorry. And if I say or do something that you may not know what's going on, I owe you an explanation. There's people here in this church through the years. I've said, you got to go. You, you can't stay here. You got to leave. Made a lot of people mad. It's okay. It's all right. I'm commanded to do that biblically. It says, if anybody causes problems, take them to the other church. If they want to see you, give them the left foot of fellowship. That's what Jesus said. But I owe you the explanation. I'm not a tyrant and I, it's not police brutality. I owe you a motive of what happens. And it's my responsibility. I've been, I've been commanded to love you before you love me. I've been commanded to show gratitude before it reciprocates to me. And last but not least, I've been commanded to keep on loving you and honoring you and respecting you. And I'll never quit as long as I'm here on this earth. That's what the Bible teaches me. 
You see, love is so extroverted. It's not an introvert. It, it doesn't absorb for itself. It's not selfish and it's not selflessless. It's, it gives and it surrenders and it yields. But I'm gonna make the phone call. I'm gonna make the apology. I'm gonna tell you that I love you. And Virgil, I'm gonna tell you that I'm thankful that you're part of my life. And here's the good news. I'm not gonna quit doing that until we get into the eternal kingdom of our Father. You're very important to me and my family, and I'm very thankful for it. And when I do that, you know what happens, Mark? I become debt free. I don't carry around a debt. I don't carry around the debt I should have made a call. I'm not carrying around the debt I should have made a phone call. I don't not carry around the debt I should have made an apology. I'm not carrying that debt around. I paid that. I did that. And now then I can be at rest with it. And I think this morning, if if there was an ever a time where the people of God really and truly needed to be at rest, it's today. We've got so much turmoil, not only in our government, there's so much turmoil in our churches today. They can't get along, they're dividing, they're splitting, and I understand that, but I know one thing, if we will understand this principle, that we have an obligation, that we never stop loving one another, it'll make it a better church. I love you. I love you. I'm in love with you. I'm thankful for you. I love you here and I love you on the street corner. I love you. And it's so wonderful to be debt free. And as we learned last week, he the son is set free is free indeed. So here's your homework this morning, this week. Maybe you still have some old debts, some old hidden credit cards, and the interest is killing you. Pay it. You know credit cards. They have that little thing called interest. Interest accumulates on bad debts. And you and your best friend had words in a spat 15 years ago and you haven't spoken to one another and they go to this church and you go to that church. But yet when you cross, I'll tell you what, I, we're living proof right now. There's people that have come here and they left and some of them left on good terms or bad terms. But I will tell you, Gail and I will always go to them, shake their hand. Always. Because I don't want to carry that debt in my life. I want to be free from that debt. And just because we couldn't agree on certain things, it doesn't mean, can't, I mean, doesn't mean we can't agree that Jesus is Lord of our life. So this week, your homework, make the call. Make the apology. Show some gratitude. Show some affection. And don't come running up here after church. I'll run from you. I'm talking about towards one another. And you'll find out that interest rate is accumulated that's killing you. 
Let's get debt free. Can we do that? You'll, your, your heart will notify your face. We're free. Father, this morning, your word tells us, the wisdom of God tells us that while we were yet sinners, that Father, he loved us. He loved us first. And so this morning, we are your people. We are your citizens in a country that Jesus is king of our life and he is establishing principles and key to help us as his citizens live in a strange land, in a strange place until our change comes. But if we're not careful that we are so burdened down of debt, oh, not financial debt, debt of unforgiveness, the debt of isolation, separation, broken relationship. We just, we've just carried this unforgiveness and this stuff for so long that it's robbed us of life. And today we're gonna pay that debt. We're gonna make that call. We're gonna embrace someone. We're gonna thank someone before we walk in front of them in front of a coffin. Thank you because you made a positive difference in my life. Thank you because you was the signpost that turned me the other direction that I would have a relationship with God like I never thought I could have before. Thank you. And lastly, this morning, we have been commanded never stop showing love to one another because God never stops showing his love to us. Would you stand this morning, please? Take somebody by the hand or put your arm around them. And if you don't know them, it's kind of weird. But if you know them, we're going to take with every head bowed and every eye closed. And I really, it's kind of important you to take somebody by the hand or we're going to take 10 seconds or 15 seconds. And I'm going to keep the time. 15 seconds. And I just want you to think this morning about somebody that has made a difference in your life. Somebody that has turned you into the direction of a loving relationship with the Father. They may or may not be here on planet Earth at this moment. They may or may not be here in this service this morning, but you know for a fact you did not get where you are today without someone or somebody's helping you. So for 15 seconds, I just want you to think about it. and show your gratitude and appreciation to God for their life. Go.
Father, thank you because you, you knew my end before you made my beginning and you knew where I would go and what I would become. So you gave me a godly family, a godly parents. You gave me a wonderful wife, a wonderful boys and grandkids and a wonderful church body. You were so interested in my life. You gave me these gifts to help me. And I want to show my affection and appreciation today. I want to pay my debt. There's some of you here this morning that can say from the bottom of your heart, this person has influenced my life at a young age. And it was all God's gift. Father, we bless you this morning for all that you have done. Let us leave this place in a continual agreement of loving one another and never quitting in Jesus' name. And all the people of God say amen. amen. If you love Christ and if you love one another, give the Lord a praise offering, would you please? Turn about two people and say, hey, I love you. I, I do. I, I was a little concerned about you when I sat down here, but I... I love you. Doesn't it feel good? How good does being free feel? Wow. Communion service, if you'll make your way. It's a great feeling to be debt free. That night, 1500 years ago, he said, you've been celebrating the Passover, the first Passover of Egypt. Jesus said to his disciples, and for 1500 years, you've been taking the, the unleavened bread. As John six records that the father rained manna and bread from heaven and, and your fathers did eat of the bread, but they hungered. But Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And if any man eat of me, he will never hunger again. And they took the bread. And then he lifted up the cup. And he said, for 1,500 years, you've been celebrating the Passover, the lamb's blood. And it was taken and placed in the shape of a cross on the doorpost that the death angel, the Abaddon, would cross over or pass over that house. And Jesus told these men, I am the Lamb of God now that takes away the sins of the world. And my Father is about to take my blood and place it in the shape of a cross for the forgiveness of your sin. Remember me. Father, thank you because Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. He never sinned. He never wronged. We were the one that accumulated all the guilt and the hate and the anger 
but he went to the cross to pay our debt that spiritually we could be debt free, that we would owe eternity nothing. So this morning as we celebrate communion, help us to apply these simple facts, these simple keys of wisdom that we can live this life debt free. And that we may love one another as you loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.